You're a cantaloupe. Five long years he wore this watch up his ass. These are my cactuses. I put googly eyes on them. Sometimes when I'm driving, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. Peter Pan has found a mother. You want me to say what? Like, I don't get it. Is that it? The ice is gonna break! Welcome back to another episode of Walkin' 101, the podcast where we watch every Christopher Walken project one at a time in chronological order. I am Kenny Johnson, documentary filmmaker, editor, and we are back yet again. We're back again, again. It's been two months. It's been, I'm Brandon Hardesty, actor, video maker, and uh, uh, a f- father again. That was pretty much why we, uh, we had watched our next episode of the outlaws yeah um and we were about to record when shana had a slight medical emergency and had to go to the hospital she was pregnant at the time then it was uh she gave birth uh early around 33 weeks to my second son ezra and so for the that's what we've been uh, excuse me my phone just went off that's what we've been dealing with for (laughs) past couple months and uh kenny and i we've been we've been chipping away at the imdb videos and trying to and you've been really busy with uh, disney dan making videos for him and we've been trying to find time to revisit this episode that we've already watched so we just <laughs> we, we we refreshed our memories of it and we're back to discuss it but uh it's been a couple months i had on my calendar here june 23rd brandon's new kid that was the original date Yep, it ended up being May seventeenth. Good God! Yeah, it was, and it was, it was scary. It was, um, you know, uh, he was, he was born. He was healthy. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was a little scary because she went in. Shayna was just on her way to, for a routine ultrasound. Someone rear-ended her on the highway. Not ridiculously hard. Like there's no, there wasn't any like damage really on the car maybe it got scratched up but the guy whoever hit her ran away and Ugh. she was worried about you know the baby after being hit so she went she was already going to the hospital they checked her her blood pressure was really high mm-hmm. so yes, then stressed naturally yeah <laughs> you get into a little fender bender someone runs away you're naturally just stressed out exactly Makes perfect sense so we thought that was it like oh her blood pressure is going to go down but it just continued to stay up so yeah. then she was in there for a week as they kept on managing the blood pressure increasing medication we we're just trying to you know keep the baby cooking as long as possible that's right. the goal um that's a great keep keep it in bun in the oven that's right and uh born at 33 weeks which which is good because almost almost everything at that and we we've been through this with our first our first kid noel right is that everything is pretty much fully developed by that point except for uh like, like 32 weeks is a good cutoff like everything is fully developed at that point except for the lungs right and they did this with Noel as well, where they injected Shayna with uh, some steroids to help develop the lungs very quickly, just in case. You know, so Ezra was born. It was great. Uh, he was in the NICU for a minute, actually two or three weeks, because then there was like this other complication where he had this potential life-threatening condition, which would which caused uh, which can cause necrosis of like the inner lining of the stomach and the intestines. 
Uh, it was like putting him on a feeding tube, taking him off, giving, giving him fluids, giving him antibiotics. Long story short, he's home, he's safe, everything's good. And I've uh, been uh, balancing work life and home life with uh, two kids. It's interesting. New house, too. You got a new house. Well, yes. Well, you got a new house before we started recording, right? Yeah. Or you were in the process of, you, you hadn't moved in. You, I think you'd gotten a house and you were getting ready to move in, right? Yeah, we were just moving in. Like, we planned it because we thought, oh, right, right. you know, Ezra's going to be born, what, June 23rd, you said, was the due date? So I have it on my calendar. It's June 23rd. Branded yeah. new kid. So we were I didn't like, even put apostrophe S, just branded new kid. <laughs> so... We were thinking, oh, we'll move in just in time for the baby to come. But then we sort of had to do both at the same time. And family members came over and helped. It was very nice of them. And we're, right. st- we're still kind of, you know, there are things we still need to organize around the house. But that's, that's how it goes. It's just an ongoing thing. We had so many crazy videos. I'm looking back at May. <laughs> yeah. It was insane because I had on my calendar... We uh, we planned on recording a walk in one hundred and one on May eleventh. I think that's mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And then we had to do like a Top Gun video on by the numbers on Top Gun. Uh, There's also a cheat sheet that got jammed in there for Stranger Things season three. Yeah, so we were well season four. Yeah, we were re. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, we were for season three. We were recapping before four because four got broken up into two parts. That's right. So like we were w- watching so much crap, and in the meantime, also doing just a bunch of no small parts episodes, where it was just it was like a like a snowstorm of just video stuff, yeah, and so it was, it was another- all <laughs> happening within like a three week span, and you had you know the birth of a new child the same so. the same shit happened when noel was born when noel was in, yeah. when, when my when shana went into the hospital um to to give birth to noel and like a week before that too when she was kind of in there with complications mm-hmm. we were in the middle of watching every season of power oh my the, god the uh stars series yeah. we had to watch every season I mean, 10, 12 episodes a season at right. 45 to 50 minutes each of this kind of mediocre show about a drug dealer, right. Kingpin. And we had to, I, was, I remember being in the hospital room with Shayna, uh, just going through every episode of Power and just f- finding clips right. and writing and going right. back and forth. Like, that was God. nuts. So it seemed like both times uh, right. a cavalcade of videos came running in at the worst possible time yeah and now it's like finally everything's starting to slow down again and Mm -hmm. we can just you know get onto a normal schedule but that was nuts and that was a lot of baby talk and hospital talk in the in a (laughs) walk-in podcast i will have to say that we opened real hard we opened real hard with that and what's very off topic because walk-ins never had children so what Let's say that. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been in the hospital except for like you know, except crabs, he's, cra- you know? <laughs> crabs, or uh, he strikes me as a little bit of a, um, what do you call it when you're constantly worried about your health? You, Brandon? <laughs> no, no, but uh, a hypochondriac. A hypochondriac. That's a yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you, you are just a giant already ball of nerves. So when you're describing all these things that's happening, I'm like this boy. <laughs> is already just too nervous as is this is just so much i am for, I, for him 
I feel like I've gotten better over the years. I'm still a ball of nerves. I take I, I take medication for anxiety. <laughs> it's just, just it's going to be a part of my life. But, it is. Uh, I will say I've never been a hypochondriac. No, I've never been, really I've, worried about that. I've never gone like too hard with that. I don't go into the doctor every two months like, what's this? What's that? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess maybe like an average person, you get a pain somewhere in mm-hmm. your stomach that doesn't go away for a few days. And you think, oh, my God, is it cancer? <laughs> um, you still like- haven't got you haven't gotten COVID yet, have you? There's been a couple scares where you're like you were convinced a couple times like everybody was getting COVID because like wasn't I think Noel going to daycare and coming back sick and there's like a COVID scare and kids were getting sick and oh my you, god you were a lot of it, it like there was a lot of wishwashy we could we could get it we could have it and you you guys were like being very cautious about it it's such right? a we have to be because if because our our sole babysitter who is a godsend who helps watch mm-hmm. Noel while I get work done while we do this podcast um, she is at high risk and she's, you know, she's been boosted and everything, but still, and now we have Ezra, my, my second son who's right. only two months old at this point, I'm worried about what if he gets it. So whenever there's even the slightest chance of, did we get this? We need to take a test. Mm-hmm. Then there in the past, there has been like, we have to cut off contact for a couple days and then I don't have a babysitter. Like I I'm terrified of getting COVID, not because of I'm worried about a- anybody getting seriously ill. Because I'm not, you know, if Noel gets it, he's two. It's not right. a, it's not high risk for kids. Ezra, I'm a little more worried about. But really, if we all get COVID, that's two weeks without a babysitter, and I can't get anything done except for at, after 8 p.m. at night. <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, I I unfortunately got it. You did. I That's be- right. I, I remember. believe. I think so. They lost my my test results. Oh, okay. which was very frustrating. So i i got i got I got suckered in. I got suckered into uh, shooting some behind the scenes footage for an independent film, and um, I don't think I could talk much about what the film was. Um, I think I can mention who was sort of involved. Um, but I'm not even going to really go into it. It was it, it was it was a local filmmaker from Maryland and kind of a big deal. Um, and they were making this independent film that was like an anthology of sorts that kind of there's, you know, multiple parts like a director does a little, you know, 10 minute segment here and then another guy. It's it's you know, they all kind of mashed together. And it has a general theme. And um, they were filming in Frederick, Maryland, which is not very far from me. And the the only issue was that they were filming at night. So it started at like 6 p.m. It didn't finish until 6 a.m. the following day. So it was a nightmare for me because I typically go to bed at like 10 or 11 o'clock. And my sleep schedule since then has still not really recovered. I find myself uh, still like staying up until almost midnight at times. And it's very frustrating for me because I like to get up early and get a lot of work done within the first four to five hours of the day, like, like seven or 8am until about one or two. That's like my, that's my golden hour. That's when I get a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't really gotten back into that swing of things. And it's very frustrating. So we're filming this, this thing in, in Frederick and it's, 
in the middle of July, which is like 90 degrees here and humid. Uh, we're outside the entire time. Uh, we have to do a lot of these rapid tests to ensure that nobody had COVID. So I had to get a test beforehand, and then I had to do a rapid test there. Everything was good. Uh, but day two comes around, and it turns out the lead actress got COVID. And then it just starts spreading from there. Ugh, and so God. by the end of it, we get an email saying that uh, I, I believe three people from our crew had been tested positive. So they're like, you know, go out and get tests and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I was so frustrated because, you know, I had a mask on for 12 to 13 hours pretty much Mm -hmm. outside. We're outside. We're keeping distance from one another. You know, people are occasionally taking off their masks because it's so freaking hot. But if we're outside, you know... There's very few times where everybody's clustered together, and we are. We're all kind of being very cognizant of mask wearing. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, I think it was that Friday was the last day. So Sunday rolls around. I start kind of coughing a little bit. I'm like, oh man, what? I was thinking it's allergies because I was like outside mowing. I had the, it was a nice weekend. I had the doors open and stuff. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. It just kept coughing, coughing, coughing. It was, I was really irritated. Like, I was annoyed, if anything. Then the following day, I started getting a runny nose. I think Monday night I had a really bad fever, like 100 degrees. I was like, this is not, this is, this is definitely not going good. Yeah. These are all the right symptoms. And uh, so I took a test on Sunday and I'm waiting for my results, waiting, waiting, waiting. And they finally messaged me on Wednesday. Oops, we lost them. <laughs> and then my wife starts getting sick, and she has the exact same symptoms. And, and I'm like, you know, at this point, come on, we we must have it. She yeah. gets a test. she It comes back positive. So I'm like, well, one thing led to another. I'm, I'm fairly certain we got it. Yeah. It was just an irritating thing. And from what I've heard, this new variant is just um, extremely... Uh, uh, it, it just spreads really quickly. Like mm-hmm. people are getting it. And that's what I've heard from all my friends who have avoided it for two and a half years. They're all now getting it. It's yeah. kind of crazy. It's just, everybody's getting it. Everybody. Like if you haven't gotten it already, you're going to get it or the next variant's going to come out and then you're really going to get it. So it's just, it's everywhere. And really it didn't affect me that bad like I had one and a, I had like a half a day where I had like a really bad fever but I was working the entire time mm-hmm. I was tired run down you know everyone's gonna respond to it differently but it's you know it's just it's so annoying it was I was so annoyed that I got it from this stupid movie set <laughs> yeah I'm and I, I'm really annoyed too at how fast this one's spreading and apparently how much worse it is symptom wise Mm -hmm. because then it's uh options are limited to do things with noel you know i like to i don't like to just be in the house all the time with him Mm -hmm. in the evening after his nap you know sometimes like to take him to a playground which is okay you know i did that yesterday right walked around outside but shana and i we tried to um and i'm kind of glad this didn't work out but we took him to port discovery in baltimore which is like mm. a big kind of fun, sciencey jungle Jimmy kids place. Yeah, we got there early, but it was packed. 
Oh, yeah. On a Sunday, nobody's yeah. wearing masks. We get up to the... Already, I'm nervous. I'm like, there's a lot of people here. I don't know about this. And then we get up there, and they don't have any tickets left. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, thank God. Um, Unfortunately, it's just... We're, we're done with it. Our, our country's done with it, but the virus is not done with us. So it's it's yeah. unfortunately, it's just going to be everywhere. So the only thing I can tell you to do is just go out and buy a lot of Mucinex. Just have that ready <laughs> yeah, and get the ready. really strong kind, like the good, the good, good Mucinex kind. Yeah. And some, and you know, ibuprofen. I think I was, I, and maybe similar to a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the country mm-hmm. um, is, uh, you know, a few months ago, I was I was thinking, oh, I'm because I'm kind of done with this. I, I stopped yeah. wearing my mask when I went places. It seems things seemed a lot more loose. And yeah. uh, now that things are ramping up again, I'm like, shit. It's so. yeah, it's unfortunately it's just it's everywhere. But it's the good news is that, you know, we're if you're vaccinated and what have you, if the symptoms are going to be extremely minor mm-hmm. and really they keep saying where it's like, you know, I think it's like five days or six days or something. You have to, um, you have to really be quarantined. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you just have to like wear a mask everywhere. So yeah, I think that's what they recommended. And that's kind of what we did. And like, I mean, really, I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't need to do anything. I had work here. And so, you know, but we still just, we didn't, you know, we didn't go out. We didn't really go anywhere except for to walk the dog. And then, um, and then after like a week and a half, like, okay, then we felt a little bit more comfortable to go somewhere. But if we were, we just, you know, always had the mask on and we weren't really going anywhere for too long. Mm -hmm. That's really what the trick is. So, you know, hey, just, you know. Don't be dirty people. Just wash your fucking hands. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't I did that b- before all this? I was already like a germaphobe. Like I, That's right. you know, I had the, I had you know, hand sanitizer in my car. If I ever went to the gas pump, I'd like, always wash my. I'd like you don't wash my hands afterwards. I can't touch that stuff and not wash your hands. Regardless, That's it's gross. That's funny. I never. Um... I was the exact opposite before all this. I would oh, no. touch everything and everything and not worry about. Oh God! I, I it, it, you know, to 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 a degree, right. not like my dad who will come home after. Uh, <laughs> and my mom, my mom gets grossed out by this and yells at him. He'll come home after you know teaching at school all day. And he'll just go immediately go to the fridge and then reach his bare hands into the oh into the deli meat and the cheese and just like, you know, picking up a stack of five pieces of cheese to peel oh, one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would have an anxiety attack from that. That gives me anxiety just listening to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just regularly wash my hands constantly because in my office downstairs... You know, I'm on the computer all day on the keyboard, and I, I literally probably wiped this thing down it, before all this. I was wiping it down at least once a week just with, like, a Clorox wipe. But, like, you know, because I have animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I would just const- – I'd be constantly washing my hands, just going in the bathroom. And I just go to the bathroom a lot and pee all the time. So I'd be always washing my hands from that. It's just, like, nonstop. So I just – I don't know. I just don't know how – I don't know how – I don't know how people did it before this. So yeah. um, sometimes I have to remind myself to wash my hands after I take a shit. <laughs> Jesus. <Christ. laughs> 
I'm more conscious of it now because I'm handling an, an infant. Animal, an animal. <laughs> um. All right. Enough about enough about this medical stuff. This isn't a medical podcast, for God's <laughs> sakes. So we're probably not even giving very accurate medical information and, yeah. and descriptions here. Um, this is a walking podcast. That's right. And today, or last month, we watched <laughs> the second episode of uh, Prime's The Outlaws, where it's a bunch of. It's a bunch of misfits getting together. They have to uh, partake in some community service because they're uh, they've all done something in their past. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we got a, we get we get a revelation of uh, two of our. It's one, two, three, four, five, six people, right? Six people. Uh, I believe seven. I think. I think no. There's... It's it's it's. One, two, th- it's it's the uh, conservative dude. Conservative dude. Our main our main protagonist, uh, Ronnie, I believe her name is, right? Yeah, and then Ronnie. Walken, that's three. <laughs> uh, the, the bleeding heart liberal woman, who is the opposite of the conservative man. Mirna, uh, yeah. And then so that's f- Christian, Christian, who is the, uh, the, 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 the young black a- kid who is trying to put his sister on the straight and narrow. Right. And then... And, and then, then Stephen Merchant. Okay, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's Stephen Merchant, and I forgot um, the uh, the the socialite. Yes, yes, the Instagram influencer. Yes. So we found out Stephen Merchant's background and her background. What's her name? It's like uh, Ga- uh, it's Gabrielle Penrose Ho or How Lady La- Lady Gabriella. Lady That's, Gabriella. I guess. Lady Ga- Lady Gabrielle. So we found out about her her how they got there. Uh, Stephen Merchant and Lady Gabriella. We found out um, what they did, and and then we just you know we kept moving along the plot mm-hmm. because the last episode I believe Christian uh, he hid a bag of money that he stole from I I think it was rival drug dealers. I don't know. It's all, it's all a bunch of bad people. He well, stole he's, he stole money. He stole a bunch of money from the bad people. Yeah, and, and he the, was doing it because. Uh, the the drug dealer that keeps like badly influencing his little sister. Right. He went to him and he's like, "You can't. You you need to stay away from my sister." And the guy's like, "I will if you do this job for me. You just pick right, something up. That's all it is. It's just g- generic bad people in the background are doing bad things. Yes. And they steal money and he hides it in the uh the the abandoned building that the um. Uh, the, the the seven strangers have to uh, clean up essentially for their community yeah. service. They call it community payback sentences over over in the UK. <laughs> uh, over here in the colonies, we refer to it as uh, community service. So, uh, right, that's what they do when you when you get some bad stuff and you're kind of you're kind of rich and they don't really put you in jail. They just have you go and. Uh, <laughs> clean up some trees <laughs> so yeah. um yeah that was it was episode two that we watched today mm-hmm. and uh i and mean bef- before we get too far into that we need to talk about uh some some hanks news uh, some, okay but do we want to get to the ronnie's real quick and then get into the hanks news or you want to get no, let's right? get the hanks news let's get the hanks news we gotta get hanks news uh Chet Hanks 
yeah. not much news about him. I know at one point he was blasting uh, uh, COVID vaccines and being like, you ain't going to stick me with that stuff and <laughs> whatever bullshit that he heard from Joe Rogan or whatever dumb shit podcast. Uh, the, the most recent thing I saw of Chet, he was being interviewed on... It might have been a like a web show. And oh, it's all the all gas, no breaks kid. But he doesn't own that anymore. It's called Channel 5. Channel 5. He was being interviewed like like on a liberal leaning uh, like oh, talk okay. show. And uh, I just remember being annoyed by him and the person interviewing him. Because like, yeah. you know, Chet Hanks is sitting there being Chet Hanks. And then at some point he starts talking about Denzel Washington and he like starts doing a quote from uh, training day, like in mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's voice. And then the black chick interviewing him, she goes, please don't imitate. She said, please don't imitate a black voice. <laughs> like she was, she was offended by that. <laughs> Chet was on an episode of Atlanta. Oh, and re- he oh did, that's right. He did do his Jamaican accent and it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> uh, so he, that's, that's what he's become. He's become a parody, more or less. Yeah. Um, but we do have some breaking. This isn't breaking. It's three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks yells at fan. If everyone has seen this, Brandon and I have been talking about it, how. So essentially Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita, uh, Rita Wilson, were walking I think from a train station or a bus stop or a plane. I don't know. I don't know where they're coming out from. They're coming out from somewhere. They're going to a car, a limo, and a bunch of fans are naturally swarming around them trying to take pictures. And it looks as though one fan kind of gets in the middle of them and crowds Rita and maybe trips her at one point. And then the fury comes out of Tom Hanks. Yeah. The boiled over white fury that I have never seen him do. And it, it reminded me very much of, I need, I, it, it is, let me speak to your manager type of energy. Knock it over my wife. Yeah, they're bugging. Sorry, sorry about that. Really? Come on, man. Now, wait a minute. You keep... Now, when you brought this up yesterday, and we were talking about it before, you're saying White Fury. Yeah. Why is this specifically White Fury? Why isn't it just he's angry at somebody bumping into his wife? It just it, it, it just came off as a very, <laughs> like, I need to speak to your manager type of energy. I'm the one in charge of everything right now. That's what it reminded me of. Like, I'm taking charge of everything in the situation right now, even though it's not really my job to, because he's got security there to do it. But either way, yes, it makes sense. He got mad at someone for bumping his wife, and naturally that would piss you know anybody off. But it just, it just, I don't know. It read weird to me, and I thought it was very, very funny. As well as I feel very sorry for the people who did do it because the shame that they will have for the rest of their lives yeah. making making Tom Hanks you know bust out the let me speak to your manager energy it was very much a what's the you know when the white women we make fun of them call them karens what is what is the white male equivalent of that is it a todd energy is it a <laughs> is it a is it a robert energy something like that 
like when you I, see I, those two together, like what is their names? You see a Karen, and then what is her husband's name? I don't know. Is mm-hmm. it Tom now? Is it going to be Tom? Um, I've heard I've heard Chad be used, but I don't know if that's uh, Chad is more like a bro, yeah, uh, alpha male kind of character. I guess yeah. uh, if you're talking about a woman in her mid to late 40s, early 50s as a Karen, a man mm-hmm. in his mid to late 40s and early 50s might be uh, what's a name? I think Robert. Just I like, hear a lot. That Robert. or just some Old Testament name. I don't know. Keith. Keith. <laughs> Keith and Karen. I don't know. It's something. Keith. It, ju- it just read like that. And I, I you know, <laughs> poor Tom Hanks, you know, he's having a very oddball career at this point. Mm-hmm. Isn't he just like doing all these like wacky roles where he's putting on the makeup and he's, you know, all crazy voices like in the in the Elvis yeah, movie. Yeah, Boz Lerman's Elvis movie. He well, just... we at least know that Tom Hanks is just no longer missing because there was that period of time where yeah. there were rumors flying around that he had fled to Greece uh, because he was uh, maybe part of the, uh, the, uh, the pedophile ring of right. the uh, left. <laughs> So. Yeah, whatever, whatever that that fictional ring is. So yeah. it's like he, maybe he has been replaced. This is a much angrier, on edge Tom Hanks. <laughs> you know, maybe this this is just an impersonator, and they just don't know that Tom Hanks doesn't yell at fans. But uh, yeah, he was man. He was fucking mad. You wow. when you saw he like his bodyguard had to hold him back, like put his hands up and be like, whoa, 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 Tom. He, Tom was ready to go off on this guy, and that's that's the white fury that I'm talking about. I think where you're, you're just you're ready to throw down for the the smallest of things. So, eh, I don't. I I think you read too much into the into the white part of it. I think it was just generally. Somebody, you know, he's been hounded by press all of his life. He's been, I've never heard one story of him snapping at somebody. And then maybe this particular day was just, you know, you just get off a plane. He's been in first class. He's been suffering in first class. Yeah. (laughs) Private private plane. Private plane. A little turbulence is a little bumpy. You see, but you see what I'm saying, though. That's kind of the entitled you know, we're already you're doing it right there. That's yeah. what uh, that's what it's that's uh, what I'm kind of drawn from. I, I, where it's it's kind of goofy when you think about like Tom Hanks has everything in the world. He's the most one of the most respected actors in the world, and you know he is human. And to see him pop off on somebody it was very jarring. And it's like, whoa, oh, so you're just like us. <laughs> you're an asshole, just like every other white dude. Like you know, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm just like, oh, he's just a fucking, he's a jerk. Like that's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. But so that's why I just think it's well, it's funny too. You know, it's yeah. funny to make fun of him because he's white. He's a white angry man. <laughs> white angry men are funny. I'm sorry. They're, they're they're fun to make fun of. I think any uh, anger from anybody, like just anger out of nowhere for no reason, is always funny to me. Because it's, it's like you know, in the moment, as that person, you they are feeling completely just the emotions flowing over. They're feeling completely uh, right in what they're doing. But watching it as an outsider, when you're when right. someone whose blood pressure is not boiling, it's it it is funny. Like it's it's Tom Hanks for a second was this the the kind of this ultra conservative. His name is John on the outlaws he became john for a hot second because john is very much angry at everything they even have a great line in this episode where he was saying that you know 
hey, the, the coronavirus, it was bad, and we tanked our economy because we were trying to save old people in re- you know retirement homes. They're like, oh, we gave them an extra year, but you know what about me? I had to spend all this extra money in taxes. I've, what, where's my thank you? Right. I know we should be thanking all the nurses and everything, but what about me? That's what it came off as. It's just this angry <laughs> entitled. I'm like, oh, God. So that, you know. Tom became a John for a hot second. We'll just say that. Okay. Um, but that's really the only Tom Hanks news we have. We do have some more Tom news, but maybe we should save that for towards the end of the podcast. You know? Some more Tom Hanks let's news? See if, let's No, I said more Tom news. Oh, okay. Let's see, if, let's see if Brandon can put it together in his head. I can hear the gears churning. Uh, it's a bit stalled. Yeah. It's stalling right now. Tom, I, all I can think of is my brother-in-law. You don't know him. Good God. All right. Just go to the Ronnies. Okay. There's no... I can't... All right. Just go to the Ronnies. All right. Okay. Uh, well, at the very top of the list here, we have our sponsors, Andre M. Burke. Thank you, Andre, for continuing to support us over the years, as well as Derek G. Brew, whose name on Patreon is still... Again, these are like now inside jokes that are... <laughs> We don't know what's going on anymore because it's been so long. His name on Patreon is, if you haven't gotten my last message, go check it out because I'm hawking a rare garlic stained Batman Returns shooting script signed by Walken. I did I did see that. That was very funny. Yeah. Um, gar- gar- garlic stained, right? It's <laughs> just because Walken just eats clumps of garlic. Yeah, okay. He's done it several times on set. Just seeps out of his pores. There's just grease marks all over the script. God. Right. Uh, Richard Aldridge. Thank you, Richard. I continue to follow Richard on uh, Twitter, and I like his yeah. posts. He always uh, he's always talking about recent movies he's watched, yep. uh, video games that he's played. Uh, we have a few back and forths. Yeah, little chats. Little chats. Uh, recommended to him. A uh, a Hindi movie that that you and I that mm. I watched have watched several times now called Iga, and it's about a man who dies and gets reincarnated as a fly. And, yes, and then proceeds to take revenge on his murderers, and it's it's amazing. It's really a gem. There's You're, a really there's a really good one right now on Netflix. I know everyone's talking about it. R R R. Right, d- directed by the same man yes. who directed Iga. Actually, yeah. Um, SS Rajamuli. I'm not pronouncing that correctly, I'm sure, but. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard, yeah, RRR. Shana and I watched the first half hour of it, and we're kind of watching it in pieces because it's impossible to watch a three and a half hour movie right now yeah. in one sitting. Um, yeah. It's it is it's like a it's like an it's like a streaming show. It's essentially that's what it is if you think about it. That's how Amanda and I watched The Irishman. We watched it in like forty five segments, forty five minute segments, and it became like a three part you know TV show. Yeah. We're like, hey, and you can find sorry. like a natural ending. Like this seems like how episode one would end. So let's pause yeah. it right there. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Taylor Costello. Good to hear from you, Taylor. Glad to still have you. On board the ship. Alex Mulberg. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Tom Byrne and Doug Heaven are burning in the heaven. Tonight on Stars. Uh, Jacob Frieda. Thank you, Jacob. Lerp. Lerping it up at us. Lord Spittleberg will not do two things at the same time. He chooses one. That's his name right now on Patreon. It's another... 
another joke I'm sure is referencing our podcast we recorded three months ago. So, uh, well, it's because it's um, uh, what's his original name? Because we would have, we'd always make fun of it because it sounded like a very English name, Nicholas and, Mousen Huddle, right? And it, we would say that it sounded like uh, in the first season of The Crown, where you had great actor uh what's his name J- jared harris he's playing king george and he had some blood in his spittle yeah remember <laughs> I have some blood in my spittle oh it's lung cancer <laughs> oh, very well then i guess i'll go off and die yes very english very english <laughs> right uh nathan sharp thank you nathan sam king king of sams good to have king you and uh we got that's about it that's that's our patrons uh thank you all for continuing continuing to support this podcast this dying podcast (laughs) limping to the finish line we kind of had a finale back in the day and it felt like a good closure it did but Um, but then we just kept going just like we didn't know what else to do we just and he kept doing stuff yeah, so it's like we we just gotta. I mean, now we gotta catch up with the outlaws. We gotta catch up with Severance. Like we have a good twenty some odd episodes more to do at this point, and then we oh. gotta watch Dune too. I mean, that's some recent oh, walking yeah. news. He was cast in the sequel, which is really the second half of the first book right. uh, to Dune. And I'm not too familiar with the story of Dune besides the film. I read a little bit of the book, but so I don't know what character he plays. Did you watch the new? I did. I enjoyed Dune? it. Dune? Yeah. I enjoyed it too. I, I wish I had gotten the chance to see it on the big screen. I did not, unfortunately. Yeah. It's very, but it, we, I did watch it. Uh, both my wife and I did enjoy it. I really like um, uh, the director, Denis Villeneuve. Yes. He's, he's a great, great director. And uh, I pretty much liked all of his stuff. I, I, I went back and I've watched, he hasn't done too too many but i i really like them all i think prisoners is one of my favorites of his yeah i watched that uh recently um that was the one where hugh jackman is it hugh jackman yeah 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 he he imprisons somebody who he thinks kidnapped his daughter yeah and it's uh it's such a great film played by what's his name paul dano paul dano weirdo weirdo, weirdo boy the riddler He's yeah, the new, the he's the new he's the new Riddler. Uh so in Dune Part Two, he walk and plays Emperor Saddam the Fourth. Emperor Saddam the Fourth. Shaddam. Shaddam, not not Saddam. Not Saddam. <laughs> Shaddam the Fourth. He yeah, and he's gonna he'll be great in it. You know he's gonna they're just gonna do that really like high contrast lighting and he's gonna have like the really deep dark bags under his eyes and just kind of give that stare and he's gonna be weird and be like oh you know our 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 bug people are gonna kill your bug people whatever you know you know what dune is <laughs> um real quick off the dunefandom.com uh character description of yeah. shaddam carino the fourth physical appearance again this is just according to the book Right. Shaddam Carino the Fourth was a slim and elegant man. Yep. With red hair. Hmm. I don't know if they'll okay. do that. A thin face and Perfect. cold eyes. Oh my God! It's, it's, it's that's him. This is great casting. Um, wow. The aforementioned face and eyes reminded the Baron Harkonnen of Duke Leto Atreides 
But first, Shaddam had, quote, that same look of the predatory bird. Fascinating. That's good casting. That is good casting. Underrated, underrated profession in the film industry. Casting. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah, so episode episode two. We, we are moving the plot along for this thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more walking in this episode, and he is stirring the pot left and right <laughs> in this episode. Okay, left and right. Yeah. It opens with him sitting in a very small car. You notice that? He was in a very, very small car in the back seat. Um, and he is at, I think he's in the parking lot of the high school of his grandson. Mm-hmm. The wife has gone inside, his his daughter. Um, sorry, not wife. His daughter had gone inside. And the boy is, you know, he's sitting there in his little in his schoolboy uh, attire. And he is, you know, looking over sheepishly at some girls. And, and Walken, of course, notices, uh, you know. Are you interested in those in those girls? You should go ask him out. And yeah. he's very blunt about it. And he has uh, a line. He's like, "She give you a rocket in your pocket." Very inappropriate to say to a child at a school, <laughs> regardless if they are your grandchild or not. Um, and uh, eventually, he convinces his grandson to go tell the girl that he is going to have a party. And you know, and that'll be a nice little invitation. Hey, you get to have the girl over at your house and you're having a party. But, you know, wow, am I going to have a party? You know, what's, so, a, what's my mom going to say? I don't worry about your mother. So um, he also, I want to say, Walken says a line um, that I feel like he's said before in other projects where uh, the grandson comes back successfully having asked the girl to the party and Walken's like, you're an animal. We need to have a party. <laughs> you're an animal. <laughs> you're an animal. I yeah, feel he like did he's say said that. that before. He said that a couple times. He does say it twice in this scene. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, so, you know, as we keep moving the plot along, we find out that Stephen Merchant hilariously had been uh I what he got he got a he essentially got a prostitute and then yeah. uh he, you know, was in a parked car and then, you know, one thing led to another and the police officer knock knock knock, what are you doing in there? Uh oh. And Merchant decided to drive away into a bunch of those. He was in a parking lot into the into the spikes in the parking lot, and it blew out his tires hilariously. And then, uh oh, he's arrested and he's got to do community service. And turns out he is a lawyer and a rather dumb, bad goofball lawyer. <laughs> At one point, he admits to what he's he has like. A filing cabinet or or some kind of like cabinet that he puts all these cases in and he doesn't know how to be a lawyer and he just shoves everything into one place and he hopes that nobody notices that he hasn't done any work on anything. A lawyer who's badly organized, can't remember case precedents, I use Wikipedia to conduct most of my legal research, I've missed court deadlines, I've forged signatures. We've all done that. In my office I have this cupboard, I call it the cupboard of chaos. I've stuffed every letter witness statement affidavit that's proof of my incompetence in there and i can't destroy them i can't file them so i live in constant fear that someone will open the cupboard and i'll never work in law again even though i'm probably gonna get fired anyway unless i bring in some new clients so actually does anyone need a lawyer i've got some business cards here oh yeah yeah thank you hey uh are you any good right and that is revealed in a in a rather sweet little scene where um our seven main characters are gathered around a little huddle and they are kind of 
doing a little bit of a getting to know you exercise and they're revealing secrets about one another. And we we find out that Watkins character actually moved over to uh, the UK to avoid the draft in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So his character moved over there, fell in love with a woman, you know, and got married. And we still haven't fully revealed yet, and we're going to eventually, how he got into, how he got incarcerated. He's got the ankle bracelet. We're going to eventually, hopefully, get some more backstory in his character, but it's revealed. <laughs> what? Tom Cruise. I just, just realized what Tom you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, <laughs> continue. Uh, yeah. So then it's, it's revealed. We're still waiting to figure out how Walken got into the current situation that he's in. And my hunch is that he's a little bit of a liar from what I'm gathering. And he, yeah. he kind of even revealed this when they were talking. Uh, uh, I believe Lady Gabriella had some sushi or something. And he was like, you know, uh, he he had eaten raw fish with a couple of people in, I want to say, Japan or, or yeah. somewhere in Asia. And it was kind of, it sounded like this elaborate story. And I was like, mm, yeah, he like- has all these like random, uh, I, I was thinking about it. And, and uh, you know, when, when Walken plays these characters, especially when he's older and he's being a little wacky, as mm-hmm. a writer, you can throw in just him talking about random places he's been because yeah, they, they, yeah, they do that he goes when i was in japan all i lived on was two months of sh- sashimi right and then at yeah. another point he's like you have not lived until you've drunk rum with fishermen on a trawler in the bay of bengal so he's like maybe he maybe you're right maybe he's a little bit of a pathological liar yeah. and he's not really a man of the world like he says he is you're right he's just been in and out of prison his entire life who knows mm-hmm. we'll we'll find out we will find out but that that is my uh guess at this point mm-hmm. um so it eventually there's a really good scene here i'll put this scene in where walken kind of uh he begins he talks to his grandson i have to ask you something are you a nerd? What? No, why would you say that? You dress like one. You're 70 years old. What do you know about fashion? Nothing. And I still know you dress like a nerd, which should worry you. Why are you being mean? I'm not being mean. I'm helping. Can you magically make me cool? Yes. How? You can have a famous person at your party. And then Walken is going to somehow get lady gabriella to appear at this party and that is going to bring in the bring in all everybody you mm-hmm. know from school and then he's going to be the cool kid and everyone's going to love him meanwhile while that's happening uh i think it was it was walken john the conservative guy and and mirna Mi- mirna 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 the kind of the more liberal uh woman they discover the bag full of money that Christian had hid in the, the the abandoned building that they are cleaning out. They found all this money and they are convinced it's drug money. 
Uh, they eventually end up, of course, I don't know why they needed to have this little meeting. The three of them needed to have this meeting during the party yeah. of his grandson. <laughs> With all the money sprawled out on the table. <laughs> I was like, they go upstairs onto his bed, right? It's in his room and they're having this conversation while the party's happening. Like, couldn't you have guys picked any other time to have this little secret meeting to you know, discuss what you're going to do with the money you had to do it now during the party? I'm calling the police. You think those corrupt sons of bitches are not going to keep it for themselves? It's not our money. We found it. We're entitled to it. Sorry, are you citing the legal precedent, finders, keepers, losers, weepers? We don't know whose money it is. It could be some old age pensioners' life savings. Yes, it's because us pensioners always keep our life savings in the ceiling of a derelict building. No, what if this is from a bank robbery? Then it's insured. No one suffers. What if it's drug money? We didn't sell drugs. No, but it came from ruining lives in my community. Use your, your cut to set up a needle exchange or a methadone clinic. Yeah. You're not, you're not considering that. Drug addiction is a major disease. Penis cancer is a major disease. Drug addiction's a lifestyle choice. Lifestyle choice. No one's selling their body for heroin because they saw it on the cover of Grazia. Listen, even if we could justify keeping this, which we can't, okay? And even though we patched up the ceiling, whoever hid it there in the first place, they're gonna come looking for it. And he's gonna have a name like Joey Pliers or Eddie Machete, okay? So, thank you. Call in the police. One third of that enough to keep the lights on in your factory? You've got workers depending on you to feed and clothe their kids. You think they care where their pay packet comes from? Doesn't justify keeping it. How old are you? 45. When your business goes under, are you getting another job? Are you gonna retrain? No, you're gonna be my age. Stacking shelves down Tesco. Are they going to keep the money? Are they going to tell the authorities what's going to happen here? Or, you know, worst case, you know, this is somebody's money and they're going to be looking for this money. Yeah. So this is sort of the crux of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they going to do with it? How is it going to kind of intertwine with the uh, the drug dealers and now introduced like a a major drug supplier kingpin type character? He is the Dean. That is his character's name. But uh, he he was in a great film called The Square. Yeah. Oh, who did he play in The Square? He was the main guy. He was the main guy? That was him? That's him, Fuck. yeah. He is great in The Square. My God. Yeah. Okay. That's a great film. Um, so, yeah, it, he is. He wants to get that money. And, you know, then we have the other drug dealers. And we have the other, you know, we have Christian caught in the middle here as well as Ronnie because she helped Christian get away. Uh, and eventually, you know, she stole her parents' van to help Christian, and the van got spotted by the drug dealers. Now the drug dealers know Ronnie, and they're threatening her life. So it's like all this stuff is going to, you know, eventually come to head at one point, and it's, you know, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, look at this. Stephen Merchant somehow saved the day. He helped out Lady Gabriella get out of jail, and now he, he is, I guess, representing her. And she has now been brought into his firm, and he is Mr. 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 Hotshot now. He <laughs> saved the day. He saved that local law firm, the, the mom and pop shop of that law firm that was going to come losing all that money. We needed we needed help from Lady Gabriella. Because, um, oh, he, yeah, he was in trouble at work because he wasn't bringing in enough yeah. clients so he brought in yeah he brought her in brought her in uh so you know hey stuff is happening stuff is happening on the show it i will say this second episode 
I'm I was more entertained by it than the first episode. Yeah, yeah, same you here. Know? I actually enjoyed the comedy more. It wasn't uh, as kind of cringy, I guess. As yeah, you know, I you know, the, 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 I, I really liked uh, Stephen Merchant's performance in the yeah, car was, with the prostitute. Like it was very, it was very funny. He has a great moment where he's where she like the moment she puts his penis in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the way he reacts it's it's just Stephen Merchant has he's continued to foster this and train this specific wheelhouse of of awkwardness and it's gotten to a point where he's very good at it you know uh and I will say like these characters every character is very broad in this and it's very much borderline caricatures yeah. of stereotypes and stuff like that uh, but they're starting to kind of develop it a little bit better, and it is, it is, it is, it's getting better. I will yeah. say the only one that kind of annoys me is uh, the, I guess the, she's in charge of the community service part, Diane. Yeah, Diane. She is basically just playing uh, Jessica McCarthy's character from Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. It's almost identical, where she is this this over the top kind of. You know, um, we've made fun of it before. It's like, you know, the the larger woman who ends up being the comedy pratfall of everything. You know, yeah. fall like, down, hoo-hoo-hoo, fart-fart, you know. Like, like, <laughs> and she knows, like, how to put you in a in a lock in her legs. She's showing, yeah. showing Stephen Merchant. She knows martial arts. Yeah, it's, it's like, you yeah, know. Okay, the more I see her, the more I wish she was played by that... Uh, that New Zealand actress who's in the Taika Waititi movies. Oh yeah, she's great. She is phenomenal because um, she she did that kind of role, that stern kind of comedic butt of the joke. She did that really well in Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, she and she didn't have to go over the top. Like I feel like she's trying too hard to be funny in this. Where um, I oh got what is her name? Uh, I'm gonna look this up real quick. Hunt wilder people mm-hmm. she is freaking great uh not reese darby uh rachel house okay rachel house hilarious i think she is underrated comedic little gem uh but she is great and hunt for uh the wilder people i'd recommend anyone go check that out mm-hmm. uh because you know taika watiti is in the news right now for doing thor 4 that everybody is uh, apparently not liking. Uh, so, but go see this movie because it's a really good representation of everything that Taika Waititi can do uh, as far as comedically. So, yeah, I agree. Um, well, and, and, she's and they do this thing with her with her character. <laughs> this is one of those. I'm sure there's an article on this on TVTropes.com. But mm-hmm. when there's a character who's a little stern and just kind of straight and narrow, whatever, and they don't want to have fun, and then somebody starts dancing, and then mm-hmm. they start, hmm, they start tapping their toes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm having dance. a little bit of fun. No, 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 I can't be. I can't be having fun. They yeah. have that when there's a, he's uh, like a little montage of them working, dancing yep. to a song, and it cuts to her character, and she's like, just tapping her toes a little bit. Maybe I'm getting yeah. into it. Maybe I'm not. No, I shouldn't have fun. Yeah, I agree. It's annoying. It's... <laughs> so, yeah, there's still tropey, tropey, annoying things of this show, but it is, it's getting better. And 
I don't know if I'm looking forward to the next episode, <laughs> but I'm not not looking forward to it i yeah. guess i should say I'm not, not dreading it compared I'm to other dreading. things that we've had to dread watching this is at least it's short and it's competently made and it moves pretty quickly because you have all these characters and you have all these storylines and they're entertaining enough where it just kind of it keeps moving and you're like oh okay it's a, and it's over yeah so uh yeah next episode more fucking shit hits a fan i think what's happening in each episode we're getting two of the characters somewhat backstories so yeah. this episode focuses on merchant and lady gabriella so maybe next episode it looks like uh it is focusing on the more uh, the, the liberal woman okay social activist it looks like so we're getting a little bit of her backstory so i think that's what's going to be the trend going forward because there's only six episodes in this yeah yeah bing bang boom it's gonna be nice and short and simple and then they'll probably save walking for last because they're making him out to be the mystery character yeah i bet it's gonna be close to the end for sure um so other other tom news yes other tom news so so kenny and i have been on a kick with uh tom cruise recently because we did not only a no small parts episode on him but an an episode focusing on weird statistics of the first top gun to promote top gun maverick and so we just went down the rabbit hole just like whenever yeah. we wanted to about who is Tom Cruise really? How tall is he? We, we, so what ended up happening was we were doing the no small parts and I wanted to get, you know, a, a history on like, well, why did this guy want to become an actor? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we've done, we've looked at other people's kind of careers and stuff like that. We've seen the trajectory. It's like, okay, they started like this and then went like that. And then this happened. And we, I was always curious. I'm like, well, why did, like Tom Hank, uh, Tom Cruise talks about why he you know he just loves acting and movies stuff like that but I always wanted to know like why mm-hmm. where 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 did it happen and it was really kind of vague and we couldn't find a lot of information on his early career and it just kind of happened and we've heard stories about he originally wanted to go into the priesthood of some kind like he was really into the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and. You know, we don't want to make assumptions here and kind of point things and out people in any type of way. But I think there's some interesting history there. And you found on Amazon an unofficial Tom Cruise autobiography. And we did you buy it? Uh, no, I didn't buy okay. it. But I can look up the the website of, of that pulled the most interesting things from it real quick. So, yeah, we, we were like reading little uh, excerpts from it, and we're like, this is really uh, interesting. And then you kind of you start to see all these kind of really weird stories about him. And I don't want to give anything away just yet because I think there's potential there. You go into a future podcast about asking the question, is Tom Cruise real? Because <laughs> I don't think he's an actual human of sorts. I don't think he's actually had an, a real human interaction with a person. And I'm going to say 30 years, like legitimately. I think from what I've heard, he is extremely controlling and it is very much this image of around him at all times of what Tom Cruise should be to other people. Mm-hmm. And I want to figure out who is really Tom Cruise. 
Like who? Who? Like what is this man? Well, because like whenever we would, like you said, when we tried to find history on him, everything that he has said has been very like this calculated press yeah. release kind of uh, history of how he got into acting. It just sounds very by the book, and yeah, it's uh, not as interesting as what other people who knew Tom growing up have said. Right, and and that's that's what I'm so fascinated by. It's this whole image of celebrity. Everybody's really praising him right now and loving him for all the stuff that he's done. But, you know, he is a six-year-old crazy person who is really into Scientology. And Scientology in itself is a crazy dark world. Very, very dangerous, very deadly world. And he has been an advocate for it for a very long time. And it it really got me thinking where it's like he hasn't done a lot of movies uh but there's just so much interesting history behind him. And he really is the last legitimate movie star. Like movie star. Yeah, for sure. You, you put him it's you put him on a poster and it's gonna sell. It's almost like The Rock nowadays. And even now The Rock is starting to, I guess, maybe dwindle a little bit and it's kind of starting like he he peaked at one point and now it's kind of going downhill. Like Tom Cruise Tom Cruise is more powerful than most studio execs. Like, I, I can't stress that enough. If Tom Cruise wants to hang from an airplane and they're like, no, you can't do that, he's going to do it. He's going to literally, like, pull out his penis and put it on the desk and be like, I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> Deal with it. Give me money to do it. And they're going to give in. He's making a fucking movie in space, okay? Yeah. He's legitimately making a movie in space, and that is insane. And... He's the only one powerful enough to do that. Like, no one else can do that. No other human being on on the planet. Yeah. And it's insane to me. He just keeps everything as extra, extra, extra. Like, it's just, he's just pushing as far as he possibly can. Which is, I you know, according to him, partly from his involvement in Scientology. You know, it, it <sighs> through Scientology, he feels like he can push himself past his limits consistently. And there's so much weirdness and so much stuff we could just end up talking about this. Because it's like you have the person, you have the celebrity, you have people's feelings and thoughts towards him. And all these other crazy things. It's all balled up into one person. And you have like Scientology on top of it. Like that's like there's so many weird layers here that we could just keep going and keep digging at. Uh, and, and cause there are insane stories out there of him punching a clock saying that Tom Cruise is never late. Uh, there's yeah. another story of him, I think on set where people were talking about like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? And we're like, well, we can digitally put you in here and you know, they'll, they'll be CGI, like what kind of CGI your face on. So it won't be like too dangerous for you because you're 55 years old you can't be flying off of a motorcycle <laughs> and then tom cruise shouting there is there's only one tom cruise there's only one real tom cruise there is no digital tom cruise like he he said that he talks in the third person like that there's yeah. no digital tom cruise only real tom cruise <laughs> which is it's a crazy person you're you're dealing we're dealing with a crazy person who has more money and power than god okay like, we can't beat around that bush, and he is a part of one of the most powerful religions on the planet. So it's... Yeah. And, and how can you not do a podcast on this crazy person? There is a lot to... Did you ever watch the uh, 
the Scientology documentary on HBO, Going Clear? No, but I I have seen a Scientology documentary, so I, I can I can I can I can kind of get the the picture of where this is going. Oh yeah, yeah, like this one. Um, according to this documentary, the church broke up Tom Cruise's marriage to Nicole Kidman. Oh yeah. So this is like former church spokesman uh, Marty Rathbun, who I believe is the guy who teams up with Leah Remini on the on her on her series sure um uh that because kidman's father was a psychologist this is according to rollingstone.com she was deemed a potential trouble source a pts and a threat to one of the church's biggest stars according to the documentary kidman's phone was tapped and she was tailed by private investigators cruz's own auditing sessions were allegedly poured over by miscavige who received daily reports on how the couple were doing and once the relationship was over the church apparently attempted to assign cruz a new girlfriend homeland actress nazanin boniadi and i remember i remember from the documentary how they they really manufactured that relationship with katie holmes like it was, yeah. it was a little. Yeah. Bit, I I can't remember exactly the details, but I remember it being almost like an audition. Like they brought Katie Holmes to Tom Cruise at the Church of Scientology Center. So weird. It's, it's, it's almost like you know, in in the United States, we don't really have like another like the UK, for example. You know, they have the royals, and and they're very much like the main headliners of a lot of their gossip and celebrity worship. We, you know, in the United States, we have our movie stars, we have our actors, and Tom Cruise is like the king, okay? He is like the potential, you know, King Charles mm-hmm. to be, and that's <laughs> that's who you want to make stuff off of, where, and then like crazy stories like you were just talking right there, uh, There's there's so much stuff out there. And like we don't even really have to talk about his movies so much, and we talk about like the craziness that surrounds it, because it's it's like yeah, it's like we're doing with Walking. There's like the the movies and the projects are just one small part, but then there's all this other great mystery behind it. And you know how did Tom Cruise, how did Tom Cruise get his first role? And it was we don't really even know. And it sounded really strange when we were reading it and it threw up a couple red flags <laughs> and I don't want to give anything away just yet, but it was like, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And you start, you kind of make some, you know, assumptions and you, you know, you kind of guess some things and, you know, we're probably going to have the church of Scientology, uh, contact us and threaten us. <laughs> Can you imagine like what if what if like this podcast gets picked up somewhere and Tom Cruise hears about it and he comes after us? I could see uh, I could see the Church of Scientology coming after us. That, yeah, that's like my number one. I think my number one fear in life is not mm-hmm. even just the Church of Scientology, but just a crazy person begins to latch on to my life. And uh, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I um, I had a. <laughs> I had a guy once who sent me a message on on YouTube. No, he sent me an email, mm-hmm. and he sent me all this. Uh, he's like, "Hey, I want to pitch you uh, for this Jurassic Park four movie that I'm writing," hmm. and uh, I, you know, and he sent me an obsessively detailed plot for Jurassic. This was like 2012, by the way. He did this. Okay. Okay. And 
he's like, can you put me in touch with your agent? You know people. I, I have all these ideas for Jurassic Park 4, for Indiana Jones 4, for like, oh all this. God. Like, he's thinking that he can pitch an idea for a, an already established you know, franchise, right. and then they will pay him for the idea to write it. And I foolishly sent an email back like, hey, that's not really how it works. Uh, you should really nah. just work on your own stuff, you know, write your own stuff and film something. Right. And then he sends me, every email he sent me got more and more dark. He's like, I've tried that before. No one cared. And then he's yep. like, I'm going to use your name and pitch you as the star of Jurassic Park <sighs> 4. And then... I said, please don't do that. You don't have the right to use my image like that. Just don't contact me again. And right. then he sent me a, another email. The subject of it was, uh, oh, yeah. I said, please don't call my agent anymore because he was at the time. Oh, my God. So then he sent me an email. And the subject was, I am calling them, all of them, forever. And then the email was even longer and obsessive. And then I was like, holy shit, this guy's dangerous. Yeah. Like, this is a potential mass shooter situation. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> like, he even yeah. sent me an email recently as a year ago. Like, I'm still on his radar and I've blocked him on things. He sent me an email like, now he thinks that I stole his Jurassic Park 4 idea since Jurassic Park 4 came out a few years yeah. back. Yeah. That uh, I stole it and I made money off of it, and uh, he is going to sue me for everything that I have. Or is he like low sure. a low key threat? Well, here's the thing: if people say you're, they're going to sue you, that's usually not how it works. They just sue you. So <laughs> no one says I'm going to sue you. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. just do it. And uh, yeah, so that's not going to work because uh, clearly you didn't make Jurassic World. Did you? No, you have any. You had no. You had no part in it. No, he thinks I did though. It's bizarre. Um, I, maybe I could bring up the most recent email he sent. No, it's all right. We don't have to go into that. We don't even really need to talk anymore about this because this is going to stir the pot. Let's just let's just ignore all that. We don't need to bring this up anymore. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I, no, I no. really want to read this. I promise no, no. this is entertaining. This is not. I'm telling you, this is not a good idea. <laughs> It's not <laughs> all right, a good all right. Idea. I'll read it to you off here. Yeah. Um, so, next episode is the next episode of The Outlaws, episode three. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna keep. I think I, you know, Tom Tom Hanks, fun. Yeah, cool. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise though, mm. dangerous fun. We're D- just gonna say that dangerous fun. <laughs> right. I just there's so much there with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is wild. Where Tom Tom Hanks, hey, he had a good career and he did this and that and happy fun times. No, we need darker. We need darker and we need weirder. And that's Tom Cruise, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the direction of it. And we'll Chet will always be in our hearts no matter what. Yeah. But unfortunately, I think Chet has now spilled into a lot of other things. And people are starting to, you know, latch on and make their own little Chet things, which is fun. But, you know, I think it's a little bit a little bit too much Chet out there. So we need to, <laughs> we need to rein him in. Um, but, yeah. So next episode, we don't know when. Hopefully, hopefully we can get on a week to week 
uh, basis or maybe hopefully three a month. That's kind of, yeah. I think, potentially our goal. We might just do a couple back-to-back. So, I don't know. But, you know, as always, <clears throat> wait for mm-hmm. it. Thanks, Thanks for, for walking, walking with, with us. us.